I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I've been trying to get something over to you. I hope you can get a hold of it. It's talking about the gospel, which is the narrow way. It's the gospel, gospel. equals the straight gate. I've talked about this, but we have by no means covered it. The straight gate and the narrow way. Let me put it on the board again. Will you let me? If you won't, I'm going to do it anyway. Straight is the word stenos. It means to crowd through a narrow opening where you're pressured on all sides. When you teach and believe predestination, God does not love everybody. And you read in Romans 9 that God loved Jacob and hated Esau before either one were born. For either one had done any good or evil. When you say these things to people, the gate gets straight. You're pressured by these people. Most people don't believe these things in the Bible. They certainly don't believe everything that the gospel is equal to. We've already said that the gospel is, the Bible says in Mark 1, 1, and 1 through 3, 1, 1 through 3, that the beginning of the gospel This is just the start of it. The beginning of the gospel is straight is the gate, narrow is the way. That's the beginning of it. If it's the beginning, that it means the straight gate and the narrow way is going to grow in your life. Straight is the word stenos in the Greek. You'll have a noun and then a verb form of the noun many times. The verb form is stenazo, S-T-E-N-A-Z-O. Stenazo is the common word, particularly when we pick out a verse in Romans, the 8th chapter, when you find the word groan. That's what you and I are doing when we're going through this straight gate and we're pressured by our family, by our mother, our father, our brothers, our sister, and our friends. They pressure us, say, look, why can't you just forget talking about that predestination? Why can't you just come around the family and not ever mention that? You know, I've been told that. My older brother said, I wish Jimmy could come around and just not ever talk about those things he talks about. And then he died at 74, about 2011. I'm sorry, Clyde, but I have to talk about this. Now, the word stenazo is the word groan while you're going through that straight gate and narrow way. Thalibo, T-H-L-I-B-O, is the word narrow. There's other words that have been translated to English words, but it's actually thalibo. Then it comes from the word thalipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that enters into eternal life. And only a few will find this narrow way. That means few 
oligos. Oligos is the word few. I said this to somebody on the phone. And then I said, few is the word oligos. It means a puny number. They said, does it actually mean that? I said, yes. That's what it means. It's the Greek word oligos, few. And it means a puny number. I get to thinking, I don't hear any preachers talking about daily cross, death, self, self-denial. Drinking a cup means to undergo a death. A blood baptism means to undergo a death. Repentance means to turn away from self and undergo a death. All these things mean the same thing. Testament has to do with the death. Testament is the word diatheke, D-I-A-T-H-E-K-E. It means last will and testament. And a testament has no force until the death of the testator. So when Jesus raised that cup up and says, This cup is the new last will and testament of my blood. That means he has to die before the cup comes into effect. And he did die about 18 hours later. He wasn't talking about drinking grape juice that night. He was talking about undergoing a death after he was dead. That's why he asked James and John, can you drink the cup that I drink of? Can you be baptized with a baptism I'm baptized with? A blood baptism was a death. I keep saying these things. I hope that gets into your crawl so you can tell it to people. So, We're talking about the straight gate and the narrow way. And the Bible says that it is the beginning of the gospel. And then the Bible says it was written in the prophets. Now here's what gets me. If you start talking about the gospel any later than Isaiah 40 and 3. You're starting too late because the Bible says Isaiah. Isaiah said that he said that the that we have to build a way back to Jerusalem. It's talking about Israel being destroyed, and he said straight is the gate, and there's a narrow highway that we have to build to go back to rebuild the temple of God that had been destroyed. The temple, and we are God's temple. That's us. We are the temple of God. Now, what I want to do, I started reading to you about the word gospel. There's another verse that goes with this. In Luke 3 and verse 3. It says, John came preaching the bat. I'm resetting this because I've got to do this. John came preaching the baptism of repentance as it was written in the book of Isaiah which says prepare ye the way there's two ways a narrow way and a broad way the Broadway leads to destruction, and many go in the Broadway. Most people alive in the world and that have ever lived are going to hell when they die. I don't even, I can't see with all these Baptist preachers lying. You say, Jim, that's a hard word. They are lying. 
Uh, if a man doesn't tell the truth, what do you call him? Call him a liar, don't you? If he gets up there and quotes the Bible and says you got to accept Christ, which the Bible says you can't do when you're dead in sin, that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to a man who's dead in his sin. Natural sukihos means the man who's a physical man. Just he smells, he hears, he sees, he tastes, he touches. That is a physical man. He cannot receive dekomai, anything spiritual. E-C-H-O-M-A-I. I've put this on the board so many times. I'm not doing it for you people that are here. I'm doing it for people that's watching overseas on the Internet. They're going to be watching on the TV. I put some of these things that are really important many times on the board. Dekomai is the word receiveth. It comes from deck, which is the word ten. A decade is ten years. Ten years. Years. Decalogue, D-E-C-A-L-O-G-U-E, is a construction of deck. And logos, L-O-G-O-S, it means the ten words of God are the ten commandments. That's what he's talking about. Dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. Men who are dead in their sin do not accept anything spiritual. And that's what the preachers are preaching across the world. It's not true. Well, Jim, if you can't, I didn't say you wouldn't accept the things of God. You can't do that till you start believing in Him. But since there's none that seeks after God, that's where predestination comes in. He has to pick Himself out of people and put it, put faith in their hearts through the preaching of the gospel. Through the preaching of this straight and narrow way, you don't realize how the straight and the narrow way, how important it is. You know what the straight and narrow way is in your life? It is, this is it, your life. It's something you have to go through your entire lifetime as a believer. You start off with a little faith, and then you have to add to your faith. When you add to your faith, you'll quit getting mad at the preacher. That's what Paul said in the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians. He said, you'll start extolling me and lifting me up when your faith is increased. That's why when you the older you get and the longer you live, You've got two men in you. I use this constantly. I didn't, I didn't make it up. The Apostle Paul said it. He said there's an outer man and he serves the flesh. He likes sin. There's an inner man. That's the new birth. And that's something that God did in you. It's God that works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. And that's the inner man. And this inner man, and this that's Christ in you, that was God birthing you by his will. We were born right there, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But since the flesh is weak, the flesh is weak, and the spirit is willing, that's Christ in you. Over the years, God has put you through so much fire, 
What he's going to do is get rid of self. And these are concentric circles are like fire, persecution, tribulation. And if you live long enough, you'll get to where you've got a little thin veneer of self and you don't want to live for self no more. I don't want to live for self. I'll be 83 just next week and I don't live for me anymore. My whole life consists of picking up people now. It's for everybody except me. If I have something and somebody needs it, I don't mean they want it. I mean they need it. They can have it. That's the way I feel. I don't care. Now, we've given away about 16 to 17 cars in the last, in the last 12, 15 years. We don't give away new ones. We give away people donate cars to the ministry. I'll find somebody that really in need of one to get to work. We've bought cars for a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars and given them to people. And we've had some donated and we've given them to people. If we get a car that none of us needs, we'll give it away to somebody who really believes God and needs one to get to work or drive around. I've volunteered cars to many people now. So we got to get rid of that. I don't know if most people that know me now, they don't consider me selfish, do you? You wouldn't. I used to be selfish. Have you ever been selfish? <laughs> I used to work my brains out in real estate 90 hours a week. And I made a lot of money. And I said, this is my money. I'm not, not sharing it with nobody. You ever been that way? I have. The older I got, the closer to dying I got several times. I said, I've got to quit thinking the way I've been thinking. My thoughts had to change. And I changed. And I, I'd like just, to me it's a thrill to reach out to pick people up. I want to help them. I don't want any congratulations. That's up to God. Not up to me. Now, there's something... When the Bible speaks of the way, the word way is hodos, H-O-D-O-S. That's the Greek word. It means a way, a road, a journey, a highway. That's why the charismatics are so ignorant when they come up with 3 John 2. John tells guys, I wish above all things I may as prosper and be in health. And they say, see, God wants to have a lot of money, and he wants us to have good physical health. Well, won't you go tell those people that have died that are charismatics like Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin and, and the rest of those dudes. Go tell them, he didn't want you to die. You know what they say about those people when they start dying? Well, he lost his faith. They said that about Fred Price. Well, his faith waned and he lost his faith. You stupid people. It's time to die as an old man. His body was wearing out. And there's two ways. There's the narrow way and the broad way. The broad way is the way that most people are going through. And most of them are going to hell. That's what the Bible says. Now, that won't make people happy. Now... I've been talking about this gospel, which is the way, and it's also the blood baptism. When the Bible says that baptism of repentance is 
prepare you the narrow way. Blood baptism, it's in a whole bunch of my books. It's in the, in the McClinic and Strong at the end of the, of the article on blood. It'll say a baptism. A blood baptism was a martyrdom or death. I don't know why I'm the only guy that can find that. I don't, I don't know why I can see things and other people can't see them. Now, I've been talking about the gospel. If I'm talking about the gospel, I'm talking about prepare you the way. If I'm talking about a blood baptism, I'm talking about prepare you the way. When John tells guys, I wish above all things that they may as prosper. Word prosper in third John 2 is A-U-O-D-O-O. It's a construction of E-U, which means well. When you hear a man do a eulogy, a eulogy at a funeral, it comes from you and logos. It means well words. Well words. You, hadao, is a construction of you and hadas. Hadas is the word way. It's talking about a well way. That has to be the narrow way as opposed to the broad way. The well way is the narrow way. And Jesus said, I am the way. Well, he's not the broad way, is he? He's the narrow way. And narrow is the narrow is directly associated with the lips. It's a form of the same word. One is the verb, the other is the noun. This is the verb, this is the noun. It may not look like a verb, but that's what he is. So Thalipsis, every time you find the word tribulation, it is the word Thalipsis. So Thalipsis basically is the narrow way. Every time you see tribulation, sometimes the word affliction will be translated It'll be translated into affliction sometimes, and it is the word telepsis. So you've got to look each one of these up. Now, I want to continue where I left off last week, or last message, on this, this way into heaven, on the gospel. I gave you a whole bunch of verses on the gospel. Let me get over here and see if I can find where I was now. People don't like the idea. I have people email me and they'll write me letters and say, why can't you say things that makes the makes Christian happy? Death to self is the happiest thing that's ever come into my life. Death to the outer man. You know why? Because most people are on this fence. They're half over here into self and half into God. What they mean, they say, why can't you talk about joy in the Lord? Joy is always associated with the lipsis and the label, always. The Bible says don't have any fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather rebuke them. And he says over and over again that you cannot rejoice with iniquity. Rejoice is the word kara, which is the same word as joy. He says that in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. In the 13th chapter, when he's talking about charity all through that, which is the word agape, which is the word agape, and it's a form of the word agape, 
That's what charity is. So he said, you cannot, you cannot fellowship with iniquity. You cannot rejoice with iniquity. You cannot have kara with iniquity. Iniquity is the word A-N-O-M-I-A. Anomia is the construction of namas, which is the word law. And the alpha, privative, which negates the word, it means no law or lawless. They live a lawless life. They don't care about keeping the laws of God. Now, let me get back to some of these verses that I did not cover the other day. How that the gospel is, is, it's the fire, it's the trial we go through. I don't remember exactly where I left off. Now, he says here in Ephesians, the first chapter, if I said this, I apologize, but I'll go ahead and read it. In Ephesians, the first chapter, speaking of, and I'm going to call it to your attention every time I say a word that has to do with death. Now, here in verse 11, speaking of Christ from verse 10, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance. There's a word that has to do with death. Clero, nomia. Nomia is a form of the word MIA. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm misspelling. That's what I get for talking what I'm spelling. No, I, not AI. I. It's a construction. Lamas, there we are, back to that word, which is law. And kleros, K-L-E-R-O-S, which means a portion. Now, you can only have a lawful portion upon the death of your parent. You can't just go to your parents and say, I want my inheritance now. That's what that prodigal son did. He said, I want my inheritance today, Dad. And he gave him his inheritance and went out and squandered it and ended up eating husk in the in the pig trough so you kleros means a lawful portion how are you going to have a lawful portion when you're not a son of god having predestinated us unto the adoption that makes us having a lawful portion a-d-o-p-t-i-o-n adoption is a word that means it's uh I just went blank here. Uh, it's the word that uh, means to place, place, tithamai, sons. It means to place sons. And you don't place yourself as a son in the kingdom of God. He has to place you as a son. And then you are adopted. And then you're in the family. And he says, my way to heaven is straight and narrow. That's what it is. You'll have to, you'll have to, if you're born into the family of God, it's not by your will, it's not by the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy on who he wills. 
So you're not going to go to heaven because you want to, because you don't want to, until God changes your desire to want to. Then he says, We've obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Everything is worked together for his counsel. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom ye also trusted after that we heard the word of truth. The gospel. Remember, the gospel is the word euangelion. A-U. Notice we're using this prefix you often. U-A-G-G-E-L-I-O-N. That's the word gospel. And then you've got the word preach the gospel. Preach the gospel is also one word. And that is the word A-U-A-G-G-E-L-I-Z-O. Euangelion is our word evangelism. Euangelizo is our word evangelize. And it's a construction of U and A-G-G-E-L-O-S. That means well angel. Angel is not a good word to have in the Bible. It should say messenger. That's all that angel means. It can be a heavenly messenger like Gabriel or Michael, or it can be me or you, as long as you have a message for somebody. So that's that's the gospel. This is preach the gospel. You're under Lenzo. Every time you find preach the gospel, it's that word. It's preach the gospel is one word in the Greek. It's not three words. One word. Then he says. So the word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. The word of truth. This is the gospel. If you look real close at these words, you'll see that these words will define themselves by the words that's around them. The word of truth. Word of truth is the gospel. Truth is the word aletheia, A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A. Word is the word logos. And the Bible says, Thy word is truth, there in John 17, 17. 17, 17. And the Holy Spirit is truth. So the Holy Spirit is truth. And aletheia, which is the word truth, comes from lanthana, which means to hide or conceal. If I say these things enough, maybe you'll wake up in your sleep saying them. Lanthano, the word truth is a construction of the alpha, the first letter of the Greek alphabet, that negates a word when it's used as a negative particle, and it is on the word truth. So it negates the meaning of lanthano, which means to hide or conceal, or lie hid. So, so alanthano means not to hide anything. 
That's what we're doing when we put all these Greek words on the board. So you'll understand now. So the word of truth is the gospel. It makes all of them equal. And then he says, it's the gospel of your salvation, whom also, after that you're believed, after you believe, but you can't believe, the easiest way to tell people predestination, I tell this to people all the time. I said it to a guy on the phone yesterday. I said, he said, I believe in predestination. I said, let me give you a real short way to tell people. This is how to do it. Tell them in Romans 3, 10, 11, and 12, there's none that understandeth, there's none righteous, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. Nobody seeks Him. And it's talking about between Jew and Gentile from the previous verses. Nobody seeks God. If God doesn't pick Himself out of people and put truth in their heart, nobody's going to heaven. That's the way it is. That's a way to tell them about predestination. Say so he has to predestinate some to go to heaven because nobody's worth anything. The only thing worth anything in a man is a new birth in him, which you didn't have anything to do with. You have to believe, but you can't, but you have to, 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 but you can't. If you go to heaven, you have to, but you have nothing in you. You're dead. How much life does a dead man have in him to bring himself alive? I love that Matthew, that Isaiah 64 and 7. There's none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. None stirreth up himself. U-W-R. Wake himself from the dead. Nobody calls on God to wake himself from the dead. The Bible says so. Why don't you preachers believe that out there? I'm just sick of the preachers in America. They're all disgusting. Well, we don't know if we believe that predestination. I know it's in the Bible, but we don't know what it means. Oh, you're an ignoramus. You won't define it and say, I believe it because it's Bible. Did you know most preachers don't like it? They hate it. They hate predestination. And it's in the Bible. Having predestinated us in the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, that's why he does it. When somebody says, why would he choose one above the other? I always say, according to the good pleasure of his will, our God sits in the heavens and done whatsoever he pleased. You mean you can argue with God? Who are thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed this? Why have you made me thus? You have no right to ever talk back to God. Ever. I don't understand preachers who call themselves preachers of the gospel. And they hate predestination. The Bible says in that fourth chapter of Acts. That the day that Jesus died. That the kings of the earth were there. Herod, Pilate, they were the governing kings at that time. And that the the Gentiles were there. The Roman soldiers were there piercing his side. And the Jews were there screaming, Crucify him! And they were there for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Determined before is the word prohorizo. 
that's the same word as predestinate. It's it's translated predestinate in Romans eight twenty nine and thirty. Predestinate. The murder of Jesus was preordained by God so that the hands of evil men would murder him. And in so doing, he was being offered as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's another place where God created evil. He got evil men to murder Christ. You say, wouldn't that make God a sinner to cause men to murder? No, that makes him righteous. He can kill who he wants to. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, don't talk back to me. God is not who the preachers think he is. I love the words of the prophets. He's a great, a mighty, and a terrible God. Job said he took me by the neck and shook me to pieces. That's what Job said. Job said he was cruel to me. Killed all my sons and daughters. Though God slay me, yet will I trust him, Job says. Understand a God like that. That's some kind of a God, isn't it? And he goes on to say, After that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That word sealed is the same word as it is in Revelation. Sprugitzo. S-P-H. Have you noticed same words are all over the New Testament in the Greek? Sprugitzo. One of the definitions of it means signature. It's like signing signature. It means to put approval on what it's talking about. What it's talking about it when they would roll the scrolls up. If it was an official scroll by a king, they would roll it up. And every, all of their books were on scrolls. All these books in the Bible were on scrolls. And they'd roll it out to the place where they want to read from. And they'd read from it. And then they'd roll it back up and put a seal on it. They either had a wax seal that they would heat up and put the king's stamp on it where it couldn't be broken. If you broke the stamp, you could die for that. If you broke the seal. That's why the Bible says in the end of the third chapter of Revelation that Jesus sitting on the throne was the only one worthy to break the seals. And he broke the seals and started revealing everything to us. It's very interesting to know what this word seal means. So what he's doing, he's putting his authority on us it comes from sphragis p-h-r-a-g-i-s that's the noun this is the verb the signature is the verb it means to show that we are his authority and only he can open the seal so we're sealed with the holy spirit of promise Holy Spirit is the truth. John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, John fifteen, twenty six, John sixteen, thirteen, first John five and six. The Spirit is the truth. Taking the cover off. That's what I'm doing up here. I take the cover off every time I teach. 
it's the Holy Spirit of promise. I love the word promise. Epangelia. You can see a portion of other words in that. Epangelia. Promise. Now, when the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, hope and promise are related. Hope is the word El Pizzo. It means to depend on promises that God has made. It doesn't mean make up your own promise. God's promise he'll supply my need, therefore I get to get a new car. That's not what a promise is. Epangelia is the word promise. Ep, A-G-G-E-L-I-A. It comes from epi. Remember that. That's a common word that means to cover with or on top of. And angelia. There we are back to that word angel. It means to superimpose the message upon God's elect. That's the promise, the angel, the message. That's the word promise. Have you noticed how the Bible makes more sense if you can translate the words? Makes all the sense in the world. Now, let's go over here. I'm going to finish up some of these. Go over here to the 15th verse of the 6th chapter of Ephesians. This is all about, I like this, because this is a verse, these are verses I used to quote. I had a group called the Lancers, not going to a church. And since the Lancer was a soldier, and the Bible says that uh, God has chosen us to be soldiers for him, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may Please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. We're soldiers, and here's our armor. And he says in verse 11, Put on, in duo, sink into clothing. What is our clothing? It's the armor of God. Since a blood baptism was our clothing, He's washed us from our sins in His own blood. And those that are clothed in white in Revelation 7, these are those whose robes have been made white in the blood of Christ. And a blood baptism not only was a martyrdom it was clothing when they baptized someone they would in this water baptism which was a proselyte process they would give him a piece of clothing and the clothing God gives us is his blood and a blood baptism is death to self let me put it this way a blood baptism is death to the outer man that's self and that outer man likes dirt that's what the Bible says. That the cross of Christ is them that perish foolishness and that this cross of Christ was hated by the Philippians because their God was their belly. 
The belly was the seat of all sensual desires. Sexual, money, things, stuff. Wanting a woman, wanting a man, wanting a house, wanting a car, wanting jewelry. Those are sensual desires. And the seat of all of that, they called the belly. That was an Epicurean term. So their God was their belly and their mind was on... They hated the cross of Christ. It's not talking about the wooden cross that Jesus died on when the Bible says their God is their belly. That shifts the meaning to the daily cross. That's in Philippians, the fourth chapter, third chapter, excuse me. It's in Philippians. So their God is their belly because they like the dirt. That's the outer man likes dirt cars, and every car is made out of dirt. The metal came out of the ground. It was dirt before it was a metal car. The oil in the car was in the ground. It was dirt. Everything you see is dirt. Everything you can put in your eyes and ears is dirt except something spiritual. You can't see the evil heart of a wicked man but you can see his actions and that comes out of his heart so men like dirt because their deeds are evil they like darkness rather than light now put on it's the same word as many as have been baptized into Christ it cannot possibly mean it cannot possibly mean a water baptism as many of you have been baptized into Christ have in duo put on Christ, a blood baptism. I don't know why I've been able to find out what a blood baptism was, and I've never heard a preacher in my life mention it. But it's in all kinds of books. It's in the Bible. I mean, when Jesus at the end of his life, in Matthew 13... He looks at James and John and says, Can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized? I'm going to die tomorrow. Can you be baptized with that baptism? They said, Yes, we can. And he said, Both of you will. You'll both die the martyr's death. That's astounding to me. He told him, You're both going to die. The dying has to do with the straight and the narrow way. We've got to have that now. Let's read this. Put on the whole armor of God, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. That's uh, that's puzzling to people. It, it doesn't have to be. You interpret one verse by all the other verses in the Bible. What ruled the darkness? <laughs> ruled darkness. We're being led away by the rulers of the darkness. Ruler of darkness was the moon. The moon worshippers, always the tree goddess, was represented as the moon. So we're, re- we're wrestling with Babylonians. Babylon was founded on self. Let us make us a name. And the tree goddess was the moon. And they kept the moon goddesses outside of town, outside of whenever they had these worships going on. They had it outside of town in a place called the high places. High places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers 
I've been against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're wrestling with moon worshipers. That's Babylonians. That's the let us make us a name people. Let us make. And everybody who is in the flesh in the world, they want to make themselves a name and become authoritative in their field, don't they? It's really not even hard to see this. Then he says, Against spiritual wickedness in high places, wherefore taking you the whole armor of God, that you may be... So when you're putting on the whole armor of God, your armor is supposed to protect you, isn't it? What protects us when we're in a world and most of self is dead the only thing people can hurt you in is your flesh when you're a spiritual person. So if you can get this outer man dying, the longer you live, the less of the outer man you have because your faith has increased over the years, then, you, then you're not being affected. And that is your armor. Your armor is the blood baptism because it dies to the flesh. I keep telling people this. When Paul said that the God of this world has hidden these things from certain men, he's hidden this gospel from certain men, the gospel is the death to the outer man that gives us all kinds of problems. That outer man makes us nervous, stresses us out, gives us a heart attack, makes us sick, gives us bronchial asthma, gives us high blood pressure, gives us, you name it. And all of these, I believe all these diseases come from that outer man. So when you learn to kill him off, when you do what Colossians, the third chapter says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Mortify means to, it's the word necro, N-E-K-R-O-O. It means kill off that outer man. That's good news to the believer. That's good news when you get older because you can say, I don't care what happens anymore. When you're living in the flesh, in Ephesians here, it's got something that you, if you're living in the flesh, you're listening to all these winds of doctrine. Let me give you this. Let's go back to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians 4. Hold on here. Ephesians 4. See, here's the difference. A man who doesn't know Christ or a young believer is trying to fulfill this outer man. I did that for years. Am I the only person that ever did that, trying to fulfill the outer man? No, no. There's no temptation taking me, but such as is coming to you. And I know if I tried to fulfill the flesh, Lily is sweet and gentle as she is today. She was trying to fulfill the flesh when she was young. The reason I know that... The reason I know that is I'll own up to that myself. I'll admit it. I know that Teresa had a time she was trying to fulfill the flesh, wasn't she? How do I know that? Because I'm a soothsayer? No, because I know that I'm made of the same thing you are. 
We're all made of the same stuff. I don't care how holy some preacher looks. I don't care how holy David Jeremiah looks. He's a man. And I'm a man. I've had to own up to my own sin and be ashamed of it. I know he's had the same thing. And Billy Graham and Charles Stanley and John MacArthur. They're all men. They can look holy, but they're not. The only thing that's holy in them is the inner man. It depends on how much fire and trials they've been through as to how much they've got on that outside now. It doesn't go away easy. It goes away hard, doesn't it? If the righteous scarcely be saved, and over there in First Peter, the fourth chapter, if the righteous scarcely be saved, scarcely is a way to describe the straight and narrow way. Scarcely. Molus means with great difficulty. Is the straight gate and the narrow way great difficulty? You bet your life it is. See, everybody likes to go in looking real holy and real pious, and I've just loved God with all my heart. Don't you just love Jesus? I just want to slap somebody that does that. See, stop that. Stop that put on. I'm not saying I don't love Jesus. If you love Jesus, you'll keep his commandments. You won't do them all. Toreto is keep. You'll guard them against loss. You'll say, these things are written in my heart, and I'll fight for them. I may not be able to do them all, but I'll keep them. I'll guard them. And then he goes on to say, Take into the whole arm of God, because you're putting it on. That's the same thing as a blood baptism. Put on is the key word. Sink into the clothing. Many as you've been baptized in Christ have put on, and duo have put on Christ. That is not water. It is living water that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, after you stand, what do you do? Keep standing. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is the word D-K-O-O, Sune, D-I-K. A-I-O-S-U-N-E. It comes from D-K. Now, I like the word right better than I like the word righteous. If you ask somebody, are you living righteous? Yes, I am. Well, let me ask you this. Are you doing right in everything you do? Well, I don't know that I can say that. Well, then you're not righteous. Only the inner man is righteous. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. His seed remains in him and he cannot sin. I heard a guy quote that on the radio. And he said, see, when you're born again, you can't sin, you knucklehead. The same book, the same guy wrote, 1 John 1 and 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. That word deceived. Planeo. P-L-A-N-E-O. It comes from planos. And planos is, gosh, that's a really good word. It means to 
cause to be out of the way. Oh, when you're deceived, you're caused to leave. Which way did you leave? Leave narrow way. Oh, have I ever done that? Oh, you bet your life. (laughs) Have I ever left the narrow way? Was I seduced to leave the narrow way? What seduced me? Me. What really seduced me was this big, huge tenor voice I had. I was really good at it. I mean, I really could sing great. I can look back and say that I can't sing. I can't hardly sing anything now. God gave me bronchial asthma and bronchial pneumonia, took my voice away, and I can't impress anybody now. I used to. You can realize, you remember back when you were really good at something. Rusty can remember when he was a champion of the world. He was really good. I don't know what he can do now. He's old now. <laughs> That's what happens to all of us. God gives us something so he can take it away from us, so he can get our attention. That's what the outer man wants. He wants all that attention we got when we're young. And he says, now I'm going to kill you with tribulation. Make this thing difficult, this thing with molus. Molus. Mogus. I'm going to make it hard on you. Being saved is hard. It's not hard on God. He makes it hard on us. But what he wants you to do, if he can finally kill off this outer man, you get to where you rest. Kataposis. That's a word in the Greek. It means to pause down. Just take it easy. There's no need to fight in the world. The world is nuts. Did y'all not know that by now? I have young people tell me that all the time. Some guy told me that the other day. He said, the world's crazy. I said, it is crazy. The preachers are crazy. The politicians are crazy. They're all, they can't reason. They're insane. People can't reason about anything. And then he says, Stand over for having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate protects you from the arrows that come. The righteousness is doing things right. That's what he's talking about. That protects you from the world. And your feet and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Wherever you go, you will bring E I R E N E peace means one you won't be broken up into all these different pieces you'll be one in Christ it reminds me of the word holy hagios hagios is holy it comes we get the word hagiazo which is the word hallowed be thy name make your name H-A-L H-A-L-L-O-W-E-D Hallowed or sanctify. Sometimes sometimes Hagiadza was translated Hallowed and sometimes sanctify. It means to set apart. And holy means to be single or pure. Single or pure. 
And that's when you put it in the fire. You put that outer man in the fire year after year after year. He gets tired and he starts giving up and he becomes dead. The older you get, my outer man is dead. I'm just, I don't want the things I used to want. I just don't care nothing about them. I've said this before and I'll keep saying it. Mary buys the car that she wants and she gives me what's left and I don't care. I said, whatever you want me to drive, I'll drive. I drove that RAV for a lot of years and then she said, I can't see out of the steering wheel of this Mini Cooper. You need to take it. I said, okay, whatever you want. I used to want to drive a fancy car so everybody would notice me. I wanted them to notice the outer man. You ever wanted that in your life? I was very dumb, stupid. At 40 years old, I didn't have good sense. Above all, taking the shield of faith. The shield of faith is everything that faith is. It's understanding. It's it's substance things hope for. It depends on God's promises. So you got to put everything in here. And this is our clothing. Above all, taking the shield, the shield of faith, wherewith you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the truth, which is the word of God. You talk about protecting you. All you got to do is spit out Bible and a few Greek words and people go. They look at you like you're some kind of strange bird. I do that all the time wherever I go. I don't drown people with Greek words, but I'll use a word from time to time. I'll I'll quote Bible real easy. Now, now that's where the the gospel of peace. The gospel is a peaceful gospel to this inner man. The, when people will say to me, "Why don't you talk about joy in the Lord?" It's joy in the Lord when men, well, it goes to Luke 6, 22. Look at Luke 6, 22. Here's where joy is. You talk about joy in the Lord, you got to quit straddling the fence and living for that fleshly outer man and all the dirt you can get. It may be a dirt ring. I mean, it may be a diamond, but it's just dirt. It's just coal under pressure is all it is. Now here in, where did I say it was going? 622. Okay. Luke 22. 622. I mean 622. What am I talking about? I know it's 6. Why not paying attention? I don't know. Getting old. Short-term memory loss. I have some of that too. Sometimes I do that in the pulpit. You ought to have to forgive me. That just happens. You're saying the things that I say. You're going to make a mistake once in a while. I don't even know it until I'm watching it on TV. I'm going, why did I say that? That's not true. <laughs> I look at me and say, no, no, no. But I'm, I'm thinking up here, and I'm talking back here. So sometimes I start talking about what I'm thinking about. <laughs> That's the truth. All these things going through your head. Now he says here in 6. This is where joy is. Blessed are ye. More like this. Blessed. 
Blessed is the word makurios, M-A-K-U-R-I-O-S. Fortunate. Sometimes blessed is the word eulogeo, eulogy. Makurios. It's the same word that you find in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Makurios. Fortunate. Fortunate are ye. And here's what makes you blessed. And this has to do with joy in the life of the believer. Bless you when men shall hate you. <laughs> Most people are not going to go along with that, are they? What do you mean, blessed for men hate me? Yeah, if your neighborhood don't like you because you've been telling them about Christmas and been telling your family about Christmas and God doesn't love everybody and predestination's true, you're blessed. You're fortunate because you're on God's side as opposed to the world. And when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company because you told them God doesn't love everybody. He loved Jacob and hated Esau. And so they'll, that's the woman next door and she don't like you for saying that. So she won't even say hi to you when you come out in the yard. She separates from you. And when they, you're blessed when you're reproached. Try to tell people this. This has to do with joy. Reproached. O-N-E-I-D-I-Z-O. Aniedzo means to be infamous. Not famous. Famous people don't have it together. I read an article on Naomi Judd and they said she was depressed all the time for years. With all of her money, her millions of dollars, she was depressed. She couldn't get over it. Why do those people kill themselves? Why do they marry for six weeks or eight weeks and then divorce and then decide to marry somebody else? They can't be that happy. Money does not make you happy. The death of this outer man makes you happy. And that's what it says right here. When men shall reproach you and they cast out your name as evil. That Jim Brown. Are you still listening to that Jim Brown? I got a t-shirt that says on the back of it, that Jim Brown. <laughs> People always ask me, are you still listening to that Jim Brown? That is my first name. <laughs> For the And they're cast out your name as evil. You know that woman is down the street that's that Teresa she believes in predestination she must be nuts what well, can't stand oh hi Teresa and they want to be real nice to you when they see you but they don't do that behind your back for the son of man say rejoice there's joy when they hate you when they cast out your name as evil when they make you infamous in the neighborhood and among the family members, then rejoice and leap for joy. There's your joy for the Christian. You know what I believe this message is so hated by the world? You know why I believe that is? Because America has been brainwashed to believe the things that are going on in America. It's a brainwashing. i got a paper here on brainwashing. It's... I ran a, 
horrendous some uh, it's called coercive mind control tactics if you hear something over and over and over again by somebody that's in power and they and you just can't seem to get it out of your mind it it really messes it plays with your mind let me read some of this how much time do I have Mike? It says, today, mind control or brainwashing in academia. I believe the nation is brainwashed. They've been brainwashed with accept Christ and sinner's prayer, haven't they? Everybody's talking about it. It's not true. Not for salvation. You will accept the things of Christ after you're born again by his will. You will pray a prayer to God, but it won't be a sinner's prayer for salvation because you're dead and you can't do that. How shall they call on him and whom they've not believed? So the fact that Billy Graham preached that, my father preached that, my father was preaching the sinner's prayer and accept Christ long before we heard Billy Graham. And then it's talking about coercion is defined by the American Heritage Dictionary as to force to act or think in a certain manner rather than go against the flow, which is what we do here, rather than going against the grain and swimming against the current. Most people want to go with the current. They want to get along with everybody. They don't want to cause no flight, no problem. I hear preachers on Radio, so I'm on one radio station. They say, be sure and go to church Sunday. Any church will do. Even ones that lie and, and steal your money. They don't say that, but that's what they mean. And coercive mind control means to dominate, restrain, or control by force. You know what? I believe my father practiced this, but he didn't know it's what he's doing. Because he forced all of us to do what he wanted to do. And I didn't think I had sense enough to even do anything on my own when I was young. Because he'd call me clumsy and stupid. And you know what? I began to believe him when he would say that. I didn't think I could ever get a job making any money. Making good money in the mid-50s. I mean, I'd get a job making $30 a week driving some little route truck and they were little bitty things back then and uh, I didn't know I could study and learn these things like I do I didn't know I was smarter than he said I was didn't know that he made me feel like I was an ignoramus I had to grow up get out in the world force myself to work hard and all of a sudden it started producing things in my life I didn't know I was smart at all I thought I just didn't have good sense let me read some of this the essential strategy by the operators of these programs is to systematically select sequence and coordinate many types of coercive influence to coerce it means to force you to coerce means to force Anxiety and stress-producing tactics. I stayed under stress all my life as a kid. My father was a bully and a tyrant. I'm not saying this to put him down. I'm just saying he was, and all my family knew that. I mean, he was the hardest man I was ever around. 
The subject is forced to adapt in a series of tiny invisible steps. Each tiny step is designed to be sufficiently small so the subjects will not notice the changes in themselves. I've seen that in my life. Or identify the coercive nature of the processes being used. I believe the whole nation is under mass mind control. Because you get a bunch of these respectable preachers, respectable politicians saying things with an authoritative voice. I was watching a special on Adolf Hitler today. It was on one of those educational channels. They said he had actually immersed all those people in Europe to believing he was the savior of the German people. They'd gone through so many problems. He actually used a brain control method, and he had he was constantly putting his image in front of all of them. And he'd get up and shout, and they said he was so forceful with his speeches that he was getting them to believe him that he was what he said he was, and he wasn't. He was a mind-controlled expert. Then it goes on to say, these tactics are usually applied in a group setting by well-intentioned but deceived friends and allies of the of the victim. It's people that are supposed to be your friends. They'll say, well, I, you know, I don't believe that. Here's what I think that what the government needs to do, and here's what I think is going on, and, and they don't know nothing about nothing. This keeps the victim from putting up the ego defenses. See, his ego would be his defense, so when you kind of keep a man down and in a low position, he thinks that about himself. And we normally maintain in known adversarial situations the coercive psychological influence of these programs aim to become the individual's critical thinking abilities and free. I got that clip together. And free will apart from any appeal to informed judgment. You keep them away from being informed enough. You keep people ignorant. Then he says, victims gradually lose their ability to make independent decisions and exercise informed consent. I couldn't make any decisions around my father. I had to grow up, think, I've told you the story. I went off to high school and I went into an algebra class. And I simply memorized every axiom, every theorem in the algebra class. And I was the top student. And I thought I was stupid because of what my father had said. This began to be my turnaround. I kept thinking, I guess I'm not as ignorant as Daddy says. I'm not as stupid. And that actually, I wish I could go back to Miss Dinan and tell her she's been long, she's been long dead. I wish I'd go back and say, you changed my life. You made me realize I could think. Their critical thinking defenses, cognitive processes, values, ideas, attitudes, conduct, and ability to reason are undermined. It happened to me. You say, was your father any different? Yeah, he was. But if you drive, drive down the road, I have found this out. 
and you're driving by a bunch of houses, most of the people in those houses are dysfunctional families. Did you know that? Nearly every family out there is dysfunctional. I didn't know what the word meant when I was young. But if I'd have known, I'd have realized that's what we were. I thought we were the most dysfunctional people in the world. And since I've grown up and got old, I found out the whole world's dysfunctional. If most of the people are going to hell when they die, how can they be functional? They can't. And then he says, the tactics used to create an undue psychological and social influence, often by means of involving anxiety and stress. That happened to me. My father was loud, obnoxious, overbearing. And when he would drive in the driveway and I was seven or eight years old, I would say to myself, oh God, he's here, oh God, he's here, oh God, what do I do now? And I felt stressed out from the time I was a little boy. And that's mind control. And he said, all this falls into seven categories. I can't read it all. I'll read a couple of them. Increase suggestibility and soften up the individual through specific hypnotic and other suggestibility increases. Techniques such as extended audio, visual, verbal, or tactile fixation drills. My father would come in the house screaming and cursing at people as a Baptist preacher. And when he would be screaming, yelling, I'm thinking, oh, God, I can't stand this anymore. I didn't know what to do with myself. I've been experienced in that in that mind control thing. He controlled the minds of everybody in the house. And he goes on to say, establish control over a person's social environment, time and sources of Social support, we had no ability to think in our house. If you said something, he would come over the top of us and yell at the top of his lungs. And that was a horrible feeling. By a system of often excessive rewards and punishments, social isolation is promoted. Contact with family and friends is abridged. That's the way it was with us. I can I can recognize some of those in my father. I'll read some more of that later. I want to get to some of these things. There's a section of the word deceived, the word planeo, and I'm going to go through this next time I teach. Planeo is one of the words deceive. That's the word, planetase, planeo, plane. They're all forms of the same word. Planeo. Or plane. Planeo. Planetase. They all have definitions. And one of these words is particularly, really, really interesting. And it is the word planetase. Planetase means to cause, to cause, it means to delude or to cause, I'll get it spelled right in a minute, to be 
of the way. Every time you find something, this is the word deceived. It's a common word, deceive. Certain things will cause you to get out of the narrow way. As a believer, that's why you're still weak. Because this outer man has a tight hold on you. That's the man of the flesh. That's the man that wants all these things that he wants. That's made out of dirt. Everything he can see. Now, let me give you a couple of those. In Galatians 6 and 7, the Bible says, look at that. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived, be not planetes. Don't let people cause you to be out of the way. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. When you sow the wrong things, you sow of the flesh. You, that's what he goes on to say. Look at this. Let me read it this way. Galatians 6 and 7. Now you've got to read the next verse after that because he's going to be talking about that outer man. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That word deceived, planetes, means to cause you to be out of the way. If you sow the wrong things in your life, you'll cease to be in the narrow way and you'll stay miserable. Then the next verse says, For he that soweth to the outer man, it says the flesh. If you sow to this outer man, the flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. Your life will fall apart and you'll be corrupt. When you're corrupt, you're phthero, P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O, P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O, phthero. means to be ruined or to be rotten or decayed. You cannot get along. When God has birthed you, you can't get rid of that outer man. He can. It takes years to get over him. The thing is, if the thing that's bothering you is your flesh, I want that car, I want this girl, I want that guy, I want what I want, I want the dog I want, I want the car, the house I want, I want the job I want. And you don't ever, you haven't learned to be content, like Paul said, pushing away self. When Paul said, I've learned he's in a Roman jail waiting to be beheaded. Boy, if he hadn't learned by then, I don't know how to get, get him learned. I've learned to be content. Altar case. A-U-T-A-R-K-E-S. Altar case comes from auto, which is the word self. An archaeo. 
It means to push away or ward off self, ward off the outer man. I've learned that by the time I get in prison and I'm ready to die. You want to wait till you get down to death before you learn that? When you get close to death, you're not going to say, oh gosh, what? I used to ask Milton. He was 94 years old, sitting in the back, great big tall black fella, moved here from Panama. He was 94. I said, Milton, you want a new, uh, new Corvette and a blonde to sit beside you? He'd go. <laughs> he was funny. He'd just go, no. It's because he was old. And that elder man had died off with Milton. I loved old Milton. He was a gentle, gentle soul. So he says, he that soweth to the outer man. When it says flesh, he's talking about the outer man. Shall of the outer man reap corruption. Your life will become ruined. Your thinking will be ruined. But he that soweth to the spirit, which is the truth, that's the inner man. Notice how Paul talks about the outer and the inner man all the time. He simply calls the inner man the spirit and the outer man the flesh. It's real easy. That's not even hard to see, is it? Shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, one's own time, idios, I-D-O-S, I-D-I-O-S. In one's own time, he'll reap reward if he doesn't quit. If he faints not, ekluo, relax, E-K-L-O-O, E-K-L-O-O, means to relax. It don't mean if you, if you don't rest, if you, if you don't, you'll reap reward if you don't relax the inner man. Just keep doing the will of God and you'll start getting calmer by the day. Now, let me give you another one of these. So he's talking about that word deceive there means to lead you out of the way, the narrow way. It means to lead or cause you to leave the way. And the way is narrow. It's full of tribulation. There's no happiness in trying to go back and live for the fleshly man once Christ has birthed himself in you. The thing that makes you, the thing that makes people miserable is they got this inner man and they got about half the inner man, half of it's the outer man won't live for self and the inner man is won't live for Christ and you have, you have to live longer until God puts you through so much fire you raise your hands in the air and say, I surrender God, I give up. I'm not going to think like that anymore. That actually came into my life. I came to a place and said, I, this fighting people is a waste of my time, Lord. I never have fought somebody. And right in the middle of the fight, they say, oh, Jim, I see what you're talking about. Has that ever happened to anybody? Hadn't happened to me. They just keep fighting. What do you do about it? Get away from them. Somebody wants to fight, get out of their way. Now, look here in, let me give you another one of these. 
what makes you do these things in Hebrews 5 and 2? Hebrews 5 and 2. This says the same thing I just said. This is the same word, Hebrews 5. And here's what makes you, when you're uneducated about the truth, about the world, the world is sick. Look at our international situation. Look at all the problems we've got in the world. Is that going to get better? No. The Bible says evil men and seducers, as you get close to the end of time, they'll wax worse and worse. Wax means to grow. Everything's going to get worse and worse. Nobody's going to fix it. The only person that's going to fix it is when Jesus comes back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. He'll fix everything. And he says here in Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Y'all have to bear with me. I didn't turn. I was just talking. Now, I've never felt so pleased and happy with my life as I am now because I don't worry about nothing. I don't mind dying, and that's going to happen before long. And people say, you feel sorry for yourself? No. When you get old and your body's wore out, you say, man, I'm tired of this body. My body's wore out. It's tired. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. All, most old people are tired, but those that don't believe anything, they don't want to give up. He says here, talking about the high priest of God, who can have compassion on the ignorant, the agnoel. Here's why, here's what makes you want to get out of the way. A-G-N-O-E-O. It comes from the alpha primitive in the word gnosis. It means no believing. When you're ignorant, you're just uneducated. And so he says, the ignorant on them that are put off the way, off the hados. What makes a man get out of the way? He's ignorant. He doesn't know the way to walk. For that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. Now, let me give you another one of these. So it's people that's causing you to get out of the way. Look here in... Let me see, I've got another one or two here. You're going to wander and get off the way of God. Look here in Hebrews 3.10. 3.10. We've preached on this and talked about it. He's talking about in the third chapter about the wilderness when Moses in the wilderness <coughs> read, leading the children of Israel he said harden not your heart in verse 8 in the provocation of the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err the word err is the word planeo. They erred because they wanted to go back to Egypt and say, hey, we need to get some leaders to take us back to Egypt. We need to get away from Moses and Aaron. 
and their heart that they have not known my hados. They didn't know the way of God. They were following Moses and they wouldn't even believe in that Moses knew what he was doing. So they were they were completely just being led out of the way by their own personal desires for they want to go back to Egypt. They said we had plenty of food back there, we had plenty of everything. Now I've got a lot of these verses. He says in first John three and seven. Let no man deceive you, planeo. Let no man lead you out of the way. Because he that doeth righteousness is righteous. He's saying, just because you say the words with your mouth doesn't mean anything. You have to be doing righteous to be righteous. Or you have to be doing right. That's the only righteous man is his works. People say we're saved by grace and not of works. Works has everything to do with it. All those old Baptist preachers I was raised around, they quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. And they yell that real loud and repeat it over and over. I've never heard any of those Baptist preachers ever quote the next verse. Not one, including my father. For we are his workmanship. P-O-I-E-M-A. We are his tapestry. Poema is a form of the word P-O-I-E-O. That's a common word to do. But the real common word is ergon, E-R-G-O-N. means to labor. But this word poeo has the idea of a tapestry, of a mosaic. We are his tapestry, his mosaic. How's he he getting what he wants? How's he getting this beautiful thing out of us? Putting this outer man in fire so we can become holy and he can burn out all the impurities in us. We've got to become holy and he's got to get rid of self. If a man, any man will come after me, let him deny himself. I don't know why everybody else can quote these verses or find them, or if they can't find them, and take up his cross and die daily and follow me. What's the matter with you preachers? You can't find those verses? You don't think they mean what they say? They think a daily cross is being behind on their house note. That's not a daily cross. Or they they can't get the car they want. Or they're going to lose their house. That has nothing to do with the daily cross. You had to be condemned to a cross in the first century. You couldn't die on a cross if you're a Roman citizen. You had to be a slave or a criminal. Jesus was crucified as a criminal. So when he says, take your cross, he's talking about men condemning you for believing in predestination. Christmas is pagan and God doesn't love everybody. When you believe those things, you tell the people. If you can live long enough, I keep saying if you can get, let's say, five people angry at you for your beliefs, five people, that's enough or you won't care if one more or less gets angry at you. Six won't matter. So you'll get to where you talk to people easier and quicker. I don't care whether people like what I'm saying or not. I said it last message. I was up at 
public supermarket and I had on this shirt that said God does not love everybody and a woman's halter just stopped right in the middle of the aisle she said if God doesn't love everybody who does he love I said he loved his wife the church and gave himself for her that's it he loved Jacob and hated Esau before they were born and I talked to her for a bit and she said you seem to know what you're talking about I said I sure do but I wasn't mean to her. I was real gentle to her. Having the answers for people is the key. I wouldn't wear those shirts if I couldn't answer them. I've got 50 shirts with all kinds of things on them. But I wouldn't wear them if I didn't have any answers. You've got to know the words and know the scriptures where they are. All right. I was somewhere here in uh, Hebrews 3. Was it? Uh, Hebrews, no, Hebrews 3 and 10. 3 and 10. He's talking about being in the wilderness, and he said, They err, the word err is paneo, panates, and then because they have not known my narrow way. <coughs> I'm out of time. I'm going to come back. There's so many things on this subject. Did you know that every time deceived is used, it has to do with the narrow way? Every time, every time. It's either planeo, planetes, or plane, or it'll be apate, or apatao, which is the verb form of apate, A-P-A-T-E, or it'll be exapatao. Ex means it's completely deceived. <clears throat> I, I believe these Greek words are very important. Well, I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I seem to be trying real hard to get this message over to people. I want people to understand self has to die. But when self dies, and you can get us through a lot of dying of the flesh, we begin to rest and become happier that way. Lord, thank you for, thank you for this gospel, which is the narrow way. Thank you for the blood baptism that kills off the fleshly man. And that's what bothers us more than anything is our flesh. If people would just stop and think about that, that's all that bothers them. I don't know how to stop a man from thinking about his flesh. I can't, you can. There are believers that don't like the stress they're under. Well, that's just the flesh. Help them to realize that when they give up fighting for themselves, that's when they begin to rest. So you fight the battles against self that we've got, and we'll praise you for all of it in Christ's name. Amen. I hope y'all are getting this message because it's got a hold of me. I'm going to preach it till you think about it in the middle of the night. That's what's wrong with the preachers. They don't believe in telling people to get rid of that outer man. They just tell them, you're going to have an abundant life. You'll have that car that you want if you just give to this ministry here. You can lunch at Lion Thieves. If I ask you a question, would you kick me out of the ministry? Yeah, we'll kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> if 
righteous scarcely be saved, then why are we even here? Well, scarcely means because he births us in his kingdom and says you're in it for the duration. You're not going. He's not going to let you have your way. What you want is your way. That's outer man. He's not going to let us have it. And he's not going to let us out of the narrow way. That's all there is to it. He says, I'm putting you in it. It's a hard time. Live with it. That's the way God is. He's not going to let us question him. Who thou that replies against God shall the thing formed it. Say to him that formed it, why have you made me this way? We don't have any choice in it. Once he causes us to believe the truth, dying more and more and more becomes easier. I, I'm very giving now. I wasn't just giving when I was young. I want to share with people. Y'all know that because I want to please you guys. Y'all, I, if it wasn't for you and Mike and and Tom and Mary, I'd be standing in here, some little room out here with three people, and we'd have no TV and no internet or nothing. You're the one. Love you, Herb. You're the guys that make this go. And the longer I preach, the older I get, the more tired of the flesh I get, the more I don't want to try to get along in the flesh. I really mean the things I'm saying about that. I have watched my desires change as I get older. I don't care what kind of car I drive. I could care less. 